Hey, I'm Jesse. In our series, Reason for Hope, we're looking at ways in which you can argue from the scriptures that Jesus is Lord. If you can argue that there's a creator, that's great, but there are other pagan faiths that would do the same thing. How do you argue from the scriptures? How do you argue that the scripture is the word of God? Because if you do that, not only do you argue for God's existence and you can refute atheism, but you can also refute all the other worldviews simultaneously. We're not just called to make deists of all nations, we're called to make disciples of Jesus Christ of all nations. So let's skip all the deism, let's skip visiting the pagan faith, and if you just argue for the credibility of the Bible as the word of God, then you automatically argue for God and you debunk all alternatives. Yesterday we saw Jesus argue that he is and prove that he is the fulfillment of everything the law of Moses foretold, everything the prophets foretold. Saul does something similar in a Jewish context here in Acts chapter, uh, Acts chapter 9. Saul was with the disciples in Damascus for some time. Immediately he began proclaiming Jesus in the synagogues, he is the son of God. All who heard him were astounded and said, isn't this the man in Jerusalem who was causing havoc for those call, who called on his name and came here for the purpose of taking them as prisoners to the chief priests? But Saul grew stronger and kept confounding the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. After many days had passed, the Jews conspired to kill him. But Saul learned of their plot, so they were watching the gates uh, day and night intending to kill him. But his disciples took him by night and lowered him in a large basket through an opening in the wall. Saul, in a largely Jewish context, was able to prove that Jesus is the Messiah. This is also what the Gospel of Matthew does. When I shared the Gospel with someone who's non-Jewish, with a non-Jewish background, I used the Gospel of John because that was the Gospel of John's original intent. When I shared the Gospel with someone from a Jewish upbringing, I use the Gospel of Matthew because that's what the Gospel of Matthew is for. If you can argue that Jesus is the Messiah, however, that's also still convincing to a non-Jewish person as long as you can also establish some of the messianic prophecies. I, as an author, I'm always self-conscious about my work and I've never really felt good about a manuscript. I've always felt like horribly self-conscious and I'll hit submit on the email and then I'll just, I'll just like stare at my ceiling all night long thinking like, oh, I just wrote something terrible. And then God uses it and it works out okay. But there was one time when I felt like, oh man, everything is flowing. This is working really well. I felt really confident. I hit submit. I slept like a baby until two o'clock in the morning when I woke up in terror realizing, oh man, all I really did was take Old Testament messianic prophecy and show how it was fulfilled in Luke and Mark and Matthew. Like all I did was take Isaiah and then show how it appears in the Gospels. I just ripped off Lee Strobel's best-selling book, The Case for Christ. <laughs> I was stricken with horror. I was like, oh no, I just plagiarized. And then I went back to the book of Acts and I saw, actually that's what Paul did too. And Lee Strobel, amazing pastor today, uh, it didn't invent that approach. <laughs> it's perfectly fair. It's even what Jesus himself did on the road to Emmaus. So this is one way to argue for the credibility of scripture. Take messianic prophecy and show how it's fulfilled in the gospels. Yeah, but Jesse, isn't that circular reasoning to use the Bible to prove the Bible? We've talked about this before. It bears, it, it's, it's worth repeating. Isaiah and Matthew, for example, are not the same book. It's not like some dude sat down and wrote the, uh, the, the gospel of Matthew and then also went back and then wrote the book of Isaiah. It sounds like it, it feels like it because Isaiah, fits perfectly into Matthew. It's just that Isaiah was written seven centuries before Jesus was even born. 
These are actually separate documents that are today combined into one book for your convenience, but they're actually different documents. It is not circular reasoning to say the Bible proves the Bible because Isaiah perfectly prophesies what happens in Matthew. It's actually quite linear from the events as prophesied seven centuries before Jesus' birth in Isaiah, and then perfect fulfillment in the Gospel of Matthew, and the Gospel of Luke, and the Gospel of Mark. This is not circular reasoning, it's actually quite linear, and quite logical. Take messianic prophecy, meaning prophecies that foretold the Messiah, for example, that he would be born in Bethlehem, that he would travel to Egypt. You know, take these prophecies that were foretold about the Messiah and then show how they are perfectly fulfilled in the Gospels. Go to Luke chapter two, the beautiful Christmas story. There's Jesus born in Bethlehem. And then there's Jesus going to Egypt. So it's prophesied in Isaiah, it's fulfilled in Luke, it's fulfilled in Matthew, it's fulfilled in Mark. And then John likewise also builds upon some messianic prophecies after that. Even the, even the Gospel that was originally written to the Gentiles in the lands conquered by Alexander the Great would draw upon messianic prophecies too, and so can you. Just take prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament and show how they are fulfilled in the New Testament. And in so doing, you will be proving the Bible's credibility. Let me pray for you. God, I pray for the Christians who are walking with their skeptical friends to your scriptures. I pray, God, that you would give us the words to say, that, Lord, you would show us these beautiful fulfillments as we delve into your scriptures where we can see Isaiah 53, for example, and it's perfectly fulfilled in John 19. And we see Zechariah 12 fulfilled in the Gospel of John. And we see Psalm 34 fulfilled in John. And we see you call your shot before you take it in the Old Testament and then do exactly what you said you would do seven centuries later in your Gospels. I pray that as we present this we would do it justice, but the whole thing isn't riding on our powers to persuade. You told us in the Great Commission, you are with us always, even at the very end of the age. So we're gonna show how you called your own messianic prophecies beforehand and then fulfilled them perfectly in your gospels, God. We pray that your Holy Spirit would do all the convicting and all the convincing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.